This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Agency Intelligence, where I give you a real agent inside a real agency, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. Once again, this is Cass, and you're back with me. And today we have Mr. Jeremy Goodrich. See, I just like the last three dig- or four letters, you know, rich. <laughs> well, guess what? Before you get rich, what do you got to be? Good. That's right. Got to be good, Rich. That's right, Jeremy. Hey, welcome to the podcast, man. Hey, Jason. Good to have you. Or good to be on, man. Excited to talk with you, share with you about our agency, and hopefully help your listeners kind of grow their agency a little bit more quickly, a little more successfully, and uh, with a little bit more uh, fervor. Well, tell us what you do, man. Cool. So I own Shine Insurance Agency. We started in 2013. My wife and business partner and I started, she was running her dad's agency who he had sold a long time ago to a large investor. I was an elementary school teacher. I'd been teaching for 13 years, third and fourth graders, teaching them math and science and reading and hockey and all kinds of other stuff. Loved that time, but ultimately was you know making $27,000 a year for 13 years and was running up credit card debt and was really struggling financially. And so the two of us decided, hey, let's hop out of what we're doing. Let's start from scratch and let's grow insurance agency with one specific mission. And that was simply to change the way people feel about insurance. And we've been trying to do Love that it. ever since. Boom, boom, boom. So when was that change? Uh, I jumped uh, 2013. 2013. So it's our 10 okay, year so, anniversary. And then 10 year anniversary. Fantastic. So 20 years now, right? Getting ready to have 20 years, I guess this year, right? Well, yeah, 10 years, 10 years of the insurance agency, right? So we started in 2013, it's 2023. So we got 10 years going. But I was saying you and the wife are on your 20 year anniversary this year, right? Oh, no, we got married just a couple years before we opened the agency. I was a, I was a school teacher for 13 years. We met while I was a school teacher. We got, we got probably got married like a year before we started the agency in 2012 and then um, started the agency in 2013. Gotcha. I totally misheard. Loyal listeners are going, what the hell, Jason? I must <laughs> warn you, I normally don't do these at two in the afternoon. Loyal listeners, you know that. Uh, it is two in the afternoon. And I'm going to admit it. I mean, me and my COO, we had a bunch of great first quarter meetings with all of our staff this morning individually. And so we went out and we decided to have us little Tito's and lemonade with our hamburger. Yeah. So please forgive me, uh, loyal listeners, if you know, I just lose it something. But I think my <laughs> tolerance is good enough. So I'll, I'll Jeremy, hold you so, here, Jason. I'll keep you here. If if you start falling yeah, off the you. wagon, we'll get you we'll get you back on. One way or another. You okay. have a podcast. Tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that you do. Yeah. So when I started Shine in 2013, I had I knew nothing about business ownership, really. I'd I'd had a lawn mowing company since I was 13, and I did that while I was teaching. You know, so I'd had that, but besides that, no real business ownership experience. So I started just reading books about like marketing and things like that. And I read this book by Jay Bear. And what the book essentially said was, you've got to refine who your ideal client is and know that person really, really well. 
And then you've just got to do good stuff for them. Doesn't matter if it has to do with your product. In fact, most of the time it probably shouldn't have to do with your product. And so when we started in 2013, I was doing home and auto because my wife Mackenzie knew, you know, new insurance a little bit better. So she did the commercial. I did the personal. And I was like, well, who's my ideal client? And so my ideal client was a first time home buyer, I decided. Right. And so I just started asking first time home buyers or I just started teaching first time home buyers how to buy a house. Not it had nothing to do with insurance. It's just like how to buy a house. So obviously I didn't know everything about that. So I interviewed realtors. I interviewed lenders. I interviewed title companies. You know, I just interviewed a bunch of people and happened to be putting that on uh, YouTube in 2013, eh, 2015, really, by the time I started doing this. And the YouTube channel really blew up. And, and so the answer to your question, really, the bottom line to how I'm doing things is attracting folks, you know, inbound. So I'm just trying to help people provide value to them. I did that for first time home buyers, And then I moved into small real estate investors. And now I only serve large commercial real estate investors with portfolios of 300 units or more. And that is my personal niche. And I've just grown by providing value, adding value. So your question was the podcast I started with. I've had a few podcasts over the years. Uh, The one I have right now is called CRE Clarity. And that is a podcast specifically for commercial real estate investors. It's not about insurance. It's about how to succeed and find financial freedom. And then I have another podcast called My Next Million in Insurance, which is for agency owners on how to really get to your next million dollar milestone in the insurance world. Fantastic. Jeremy, I had no clue, dude. I had no clue. I've been following you around. You and I both know that this is a podcast like two, three years in the making. Yeah. And uh, fantastic, dude. Good for you. I love people who are out there just um, challenging themselves, challenging the industry, right? And just the other thing is, a lot of the stuff I do, a lot of the stuff you do, being niche, having some efficiencies, understanding different things, maybe because we have a lot of podcasts or we've invested in a lot of time in other agents to figure things out. It's really not rocket science. And number two, most people who are successful have somehow put it in a book or some way to tell us exactly how to do it. Yeah. We sometimes just don't take that initiative, right? And I think that that's what's so beautiful about podcasts because it's easy to serve someone to take the initiative when they're listening to you specifically about that. And I think there's probably a lot of loyal listeners right now listening that are like, dang, I didn't know this guy was doing this because this is your niche, loyal listeners. And, uh, mm-hmm. and I think that's fantastic. I love the way that you, you come across that way. Yeah, I think one of the first things I always advise someone who's a new, a new agency owner, maybe they haven't written their first million dollars in premium yet, is even from the beginning, start writing down your processes, right? It's about those simp- systems and efficiencies from the start. All of our, all of our team members, uh, you know, our system at this point is pretty robust. I I'm, I'm, I'm imagine yours is as well, Jason. And so it's like having those systems. And then for me, it's really just like finding the niche, like you just said, and doing good stuff for that niche. You're going to hear me say that over and over again, because I truly believe, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that say, look, here's how you work your way into a a business owner. Here's how you lie to the person at the front desk to try and get them to let you into the business owner, to have an opportunity to talk with that top person, that CEO and get a chance. And I just think that's all BS. I think if you just are providing value to a community, you're attracting people in the opposite direction. You're not going out and trying to talk them into buy insurance from you. People call me and when they call me, they are so warm because they already know me. They already know me in their niche. They've already heard me talk to other people who they look up to in their industry. 
And I don't know. And then you just be really honest and really straightforward with folks and take good care of them. And it seems to work out pretty good. So you talked about process and there's nothing I could probably agree more than anything because this is actually our biggest weakness as the agents, right? Um, I, I challenge people when I'm on stage and I was just last Saturday and I asked them the same thing. Do you think that big time companies that you're all about growth and you're trying to grow, um, you know, not at a fast pace, but your business, you're trying to grow. Do you think if you compare yourself to those other big companies that you aspire to be like, do you think that they got big and then decided to put in process? No way. Or do you think that they put in process and that's how they got big, right? And when everybody answers that question, it's all right. They did the process first. That should be the wake up call for you to say, okay, you just admitted you wanted to grow and that's how we know we're going to grow. So it's a huge weakness of ours. How did you set up find that niche? How did you get in this commercial real estate niche? It started with those first time home buyers. In a lot of ways, it was just like, uh, you know, I started with those home buyers. I started connecting with those realtors and lenders. And then you just get in that real estate language. I think the nice thing about real estate is it's very accessible for any agent. You know, if you're doing just dwelling fires to start with doing schedules of dwelling fires and then move up into that space. And so it was just really the real estate world. What's the next layer of the real estate world? What's the next layer? And then, you know, recently I've started getting into captive solutions and really like, how do we navigate um, a, an insurance policy that's a $3 million policy? Like if someone's paying $3 million for their insurance for, you know, 3000 units across the country of apartments or other kinds of commercial real estate, what are some different ways we can do that? Because if you're given $3 million to an insurance company, you better believe there are better ways to solve that problem. And I'm here to help folks say, hey, you know, let's talk about risk at a higher level. Let's start to manage this, not just like what's the cheapest insurance policy, but how can I really manage the risk in a more intelligent way? And, you know, and the thing is, when you do that and you start mentioning captives and stuff, you really become the risk advisor, right? Yeah, I've said this before, Jeremy, and I think it started high. And I think it's coming down to lower premiums. And when I say lower premiums, I'm talking 200,000, 100,000. Yeah. We're now becoming the agents who it's not cool anymore, in my opinion, nor does it look good to the client to say, hey, we can take care of your billing for you. We can take care of your risk management. We have all this under a roof. Because mom said that if you're a jack of all trades, you're a master of none. And mom usually was right. She's right about this one. Yeah. And I think that what's happening now, this is where we're going in my agency. We talk about this a lot. We're now more of the people who go in, assess the risk, assess the situation with the software platforms we have, but then say, this is what you need, this is what you need in this. And we're going to pull these people in who have college degrees, who this is what they do. We're not going to act like we're going to do this underneath our tent. We're going to tell you about these experts. You can only get to these experts through us. Right. right? And so I think that we're now standing in the middle of the hub with the client helping them manage these situations rather than being the one who takes care of all of it. Am I right or wrong? What do you feel about that, Jeremy? A hundred percent. So I think there's a core uh, essence of building any kind of business. And that is the three E's. I think if you're going to find success in a business, you first have to have education. You second have to have experience. And then this third one is what you're talking about, Jason. You third have to have an entourage. And so what you just described is a flipped mentality from probably a lot of your listeners as they're struggling to grow their agency and trying to figure out how to scale better. And that is instead of saying, look, 
I've got all the education. I've got all the experience. Everything comes through me because I'm the smartest person in the room. And we've all been guilty of that, right? We've all been guilty of that. Instead of saying that, you say, you know what? I have some experience. I have some education, but I know that that entourage is what I need. And I'm going to focus on that third E. And everything is about finding other people who are smarter than me. I'm hiring a producer right now, a commercial producer. And, you know, I've, I've interviewed a few people and this one person in particular, I was sitting at lunch and talking with this person and in my mind, I was like, this guy's just so smart, so much smarter than I am so much in, you know, I I just kind of, there's a lot of self doubt sitting there. I was like, this person's never going to work for me, you know, but then I had to remember, look, you're building your entourage and your entourage has to be built with people who are smarter than you in the given things that they're doing. And if you provide an opportunity for them. You're a smaller agency, obviously bringing a big fish in is going to be harder to do. Don't try to get the big fish. Try and get something smaller, grow up, but always be building that entourage of people. And that means your service team. That means your marketing team. That means your sales team. That means your contractor and the people around you. That means the centers of influence in the industries you've chosen to niche down on. Your entourage is so many people. But as soon as you realize the better of a connector you are, the more success you're going to have and the more scalable you'll be, that's when you really start to jump. Jeremy, that was great. The education, the experience, and the entourage. And you know, the thing about it is I was just listening. I was down in Arkansas and I was listening to Dustin Bryant and she's fantastically smart. And one of the things she said that she said, you have your referral partners, you have your centers of influences. And then she mentioned something that I had never really heard before. And I think you're kind of alluding to this. She says, you need to have sponsors, right? And sponsors are somebody who cheer you on. They're your biggest cheerleader. They're talking about you, right? But she also said, it's not so much that you need them to be your sponsor. You need to be their sponsor. You need to be cheering them on. You need to be. And when you become the center of influence yourself with the client, and you're the center of this, that's what you're talking about. You're your champion, you know, literally sponsoring these other people for the benefit. Yes. And second secondary goes to them, but for the benefit of the client is what the original um, thing is. So Jimmy, that's amazing because that is something that we have just come to the fruition and realization in the last six to eight months. as we've started to give these services um, out there, it's, it's been pretty wild. So this is great. There's, there's a guy. Yeah. The great example here. There's a guy on uh, LinkedIn named Yona Weiss, W E I S S. He does cost segregation for large commercial properties has nothing to do with insurance. Um, but absolutely is a service provider to the commercial real estate world, just like I am, right? This guy is one of the best connectors I've ever seen. He has meetups. His LinkedIn posts are always targeted at asking people to comment underneath how, you know, these conversations in the comments of his LinkedIn posts are just bringing people together, bringing people together, bringing people together. He's one of the most successful people in the commercial real estate world and now has become a passive investor in deals and is learning to really grow his passive income. I, I look to wow. him all the time as someone who's such a great example of what success looks like in this model that I'm doing. He's got 20,000 followers. I got like four, right? Like, you know, he's doing it in a way that makes so much sense. And what is he doing? Exactly what you just said, Jason. He's just connecting people in his niche market. And that is it. He, he rarely talks about cost segregation. It's always about commercial real estate and how to be better at what you're doing. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. 
Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Billy Williams says that your net worth is directly proportional to your network. And I think that that is exactly what we're saying here. The more people you know to connect, the more people that you're going to get help, but also the people that you hang around with, your network actually elevates you as well. He says that a lot and uh, really, really resonates here. Let's switch something here for a minute because I don't have people a lot on the podcast who we're very heavy into nonprofits. We probably have a different way that maybe our plan is of how we sell them versus what you do. Yeah. But our mindset and our thought from a 40,000 foot view before we get deep into the niche yeah. is exactly the same. This is, this is very refreshing. So one of the things that we found out is that we have always given away our services as, hey, we will give you these services. And we use a company called Yellowbird. And they allow us to be able to order loss control, safety managers, whatever. It gives us the power of the big guy or the big gal. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that we found out was that the way that the we were doing it was is if you needed a service that was twenty five hundred dollars and you're a fifty thousand dollar revenue account, we would just kind of absorb that and eat it. And there was a lot of times that we would lose when we had the best presentation, we had the best proposal, we had the best option, but they would stay with the agent. Or they would go with another agent. And we really boggled our mind over that. You're not going to win every time we get that. But we're analyzing this. Right. We started realizing that a couple times when we would get beat, we would get beat by agents who actually charged for the services. Yeah. And I, we started looking at this. And I happened to be on a book. On a book. I was on a plane, Jeremy. And somebody had left the secret a 40-page book by Earl Nightingale. And inside The Secret, he talks about the value paradox. And he says, the great value paradox says that the things that we, and we all know this, the things that we pay for are the things that we actually find value in, right? And he says, and it's so backwards because the things that we get for free, like love, loyalty, friendship, wisdom, those things are actually free. And that's where we should place our value. So it really got me thinking that they're not finding value in what we're offering because we're not charging them. As weird as that may sound, I think that we have a legitimacy. So we have now started doing that. And damn it, we're taking BORs over and telling them on the BOR, here's what you need to do. It's $10,200. Write us the check and give us the BOR. They never would do that before because now we're charging them. What do you see in your world? Does that make sense? Well, tell me you agree or disagree. What's your thoughts? Well, I think, you know, having to pull out your your checkbook or pull out your credit card is always going to connect someone with what you do. So when we talk about building a risk. So when when you're doing a big portfolio policy, I can get better pricing if I have a risk management strategy created for this entity and I can go to underwriters, insurance companies and say, look, I know you're saying no to a lot of agents on this type of risk 
but I want to show you this risk management process. I want to show you exactly how they're going to limit their exposure. And I believe this is a good risk. You trust me as an agent because you know I only bring you good stuff. And I'm showing you how the client is going to take great care of their stuff. I want you to consider this exposure, even though you may not do it for another agent. And once I can articulate that to someone, then it's like, okay, well, I need a risk management strategy. No problem. It's going to be 2,500 bucks. We're going to do it over the course of the next month. You know, if you bring your stuff, the way I'm doing it right now, and maybe I should do more what you're saying, just charge them. And that's the end of it. What I do is I charge them. And then if they bring all their stuff over, then that comes off of the premium. And so that's just kind of a way to make sure that I get paid to, for doing the work. But if you end up bringing your stuff over, then, you know, we won't charge the broker fee or however we figure out to balance that out, which I think is a happy medium. So they have to pull out their, their, their checkbook. But like for my, for my next million, the program I'm doing for insurance agency owners, I do free sprints all the time. So I do a LinkedIn sprint where I teach agency owners how to engage on LinkedIn and grow their network like I have. We're about to start a Facebook sprint where we're doing the same thing. And I've definitely said to myself, you know, even if I charged 20 bucks, I feel like the engagement would be a lot higher because there's just something about someone putting a couple bucks in that changes their engagement and changes the value. So I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's a real mindset shift for folks though, because you want to, what you want to do, what's natural is just quote it and battle with the other agent on price, right? Like, that's exactly right. That's the thing I want every loyal listener to listen to. We're talking this now for 15 minutes and we're not even talking about price. It's the first time you said the word price, right? right. You're making a reference to it. Um, here, let's, let's, let's blow their minds a little bit more, Jeremy. Let's, let's go down this rabbit hole a little bit more because um, I have these thoughts and I think about these things. I've run them past my staff. They, they're my team. They think that I'm crazy, but this has legs. So if we charge people fees, Right. And let's talk more about personal lines for a minute. Right. And you can do this in in commercial lines, but it's a little different. But let's talk about on personal lines. What if we decided that we were going to charge fees to the states that can charge fees and commissions? Okay, it's way more states than people think. Yeah. But we can. So if we're going to charge twenty five dollars for an auto and we're going to charge twenty five dollars for a home, let's just say. Let's say that we just don't do that on new business because that seems to work. Let's say that we did that upon renewal. And we just said to them that, you know, you had to pay this amount. Let's also say that we offer a mobile app, okay? And we have an app that allows them to pay their bill. They can do anything on it that they can do to call in. And we tell them that they have to use that mobile app to do services um, with our agency, okay? Then let's give them a couple other things that I won't go on right now. But here's the thing, Jeremy. If you pay the $10 TIA Prime membership, the Insurance Alliance is where I get TIA. Mm-hmm. If you pay the TIA Prime membership of $10 a month, we don't charge you any of the fees. And now you can actually also call us and we will uh, take your services as well. Yeah. Now, why this and $10 is a made up figure. I'm just trying to say something. Where my mind went with this, Jeremy, is, is that agents gripe and complain that they that consumers don't find the value of what we provide. Going back to the conversation now, mm-hmm. they say that we don't provide the value of the on the phone, holding your hand, it explains whatever. Well, do they not? Because number one, that's expected. And number two, it's the only way that they can actually make the change or anything. So that's, that's what they just assume to be what it is. But if you give them another avenue, like a mobile app, to do it for free, 
and yet you charge for this, but yet you don't, you created a membership. And you could put partner programs and all kinds of different things in this. I think this would possibly work and it may not work right now. And you may need to start your new, a new agency on the side and do some stuff. I don't think this would work my current clientele immediately, mm-hmm. but I think they would finally find value in the services that we provide human to human because now there's another option. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a little bit, so you're connecting two things. You're con- connect, connecting investment and value, right? So what you're essentially saying is, I believe my agency can provide a level of value that would sustain the idea of paying an extra $25 policy fee or even paying an extra 10 bucks a month to have access to an app. So for me to get on board with that idea, I'd have to understand what the value is. If it's just the ability to do endorsements and have your ID cards and stuff like that, I'd say most companies already have that. And I don't see the value of it enough that people would get into it. I know sometimes for the USAA and the farm bureaus out there, they've got a $50 a year uh, fee they charge and people complain and leave because of that. Why is that? Well, the value isn't connected with that thing. Now, if you had an app, if you you were a local home and auto insurance advisor, I'm in Bloomington, Indiana. Let's say I had an app that had the ability to show you things that are going on in Bloomington, maybe some of your best realtors in town maybe some great places to go out to eat that just like an app that actually provides a value above and beyond insurance. Again, people don't, I mean, there there's the value that we provide in insurance and it's true that we provide value and we should be able to articulate that and it should be worth something to people, but it's never going to be worth that much. It's, you know, it's insurance ultimately. So like, what is it above and beyond that that values there? So that's how I would piggyback on your idea and just challenge it a little bit. Like, okay, well, how can we take it to the next level? I like that. Giving more value. Okay. I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, I got a friend. He has a partner's program. He said that he uh, goes around and goes to things in his community and to places, business his community and says, Hey, if somebody comes here for my business and we market you, would you give them 10% off or something like that? Yeah. Um, still becomes still not much of a value because they didn't pay for it, even though they're getting the discount. But I think there's a lot more things that you can do. So, Jeremy, so so kind of wrapping it up and kind of coming, starting to coming down. We're 20 minutes out, coming down for a landing in an airplane. What would you say? I mean, you would want agents to know you have a lot of things that are written on hope and letting people understand. You talk a lot about um, what Zig Ziglar's always said, getting help people get what they want and you'll get everything you need or vice versa. You know, um, what do you have as far as a loyal listener out there? Um, and saying about the success that you have now from where you actually came from with you and your wife being so frustrated. I think there's something that almost so many agency owners don't know in the value of their agency. And certainly I didn't know it when I started shine, when I came to start shine again, I didn't have any money. I was kind of coming out of being a teacher, mostly just coming into it to, you know, find some financial foundation, but a huge value of my agency now is the capacity to build passive income for me and my family. Your agency is not only a place where you work and not only a place where you produce a business. You know, you should be working no matter where you're at in your agency's journey, whether you're writing your first million dollars of written premium or whether you're looking for your first million dollars of profit in your agency, the difference between your revenue and your expenses, whatever your next million dollars is, You really have to be thinking about how am I turning this thing into a passive income stream 
I'll give you a great example. I am personally still producing large commercial real estate investors. I've, we've talked about that on the show, right? But I am not mm-hmm. touching home and auto. In fact, neither my wife nor I are touching home and auto. That vertical runs all by itself. I'm not touching local commercial insurance here. We ha- that vertical runs by itself. As soon as I get someone else in as a producer to do that commercial real estate stuff, that vertical will run by itself. I can look at how much money I'm making and I know what is active income, money that I brought in by producing or getting renewals from my own production, and what is passive income that's money coming in from someone else's production. And then, of course, the value of the asset itself, which your agency, of course, has a value. That's sort of the other part, the other wonderful part of agency ownership, right? So, so I would Jeremy, s- wait a minute. Time out. This, yeah. this is a good bear. I love your viewpoint here, buddy. So you're thinking that so the the active income would be things that either you used your hard work and oil for your stuff or your money to attract. Yep. But you're saying like your producers bringing in their own, you would say that would be passive. Yeah. When I take an owner draw off of the agency, that is passive income. When I take a salary or a commission split, I take the same commission split as my agents, right? And so uh, when I write business, I get that same production value. But I also take owner draws and the owner draws are passive income. And I think that's something new agency owners don't realize. And then, yeah, and I could go on and on about passive income, but I think starting to just flip that mentality would be a big piece I would have for your listeners. Yeah, dude, I love that. And let's make sure we follow up with just to do something on passive income. Never really thought of it that way, but that's what it is. And I mean, it's when, you know, it's, it's my, they are my assets. We say all the time. And I love that because when we say our employees are our assets, especially our producers, um, you're really trying, you can really pin it back to that. And I really like that by using them example of a passive income. Mm. Good, good thought. I like that. That could be, that's a mind shift that I think I hope you loyal listeners really heard that. Yeah. Jeremy, I appreciate you very much. Uh, tell the listeners what you've got a podcast, tell them where they can find you, all that good stuff. Yeah. So our YouTube channel is just Shine Insurance. You can check us out there. Uh, Lots of people use our videos to train their... I I didn't even realize this, Jason, but I guess they use our videos to train their CSRs, train new producers, our home and auto series and our commercial insurance series. It certainly isn't some kind of class or any kind of credit type of thing. It's just how to speak on a basic level about each of the different kinds of insurance and how it works. So that's the Shine Insurance YouTube channel. You can find us at shineinsurance.com or my next million in insurance. Dot com, which is our agency owner accelerator. You said that was shineinsurance.com? Yeah. And how'd you come up with that name? It's the feeling we wanted people to have when they went, worked with us. Okay. Yeah, I love it. Shine, I mean, you, you can't really pull out many negative connotations to, uh, to the word shine. You know what I mean? I love it. 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 Thank you very much for your time, Jeremy. Good, rich. See, I like that. Yeah, I like to say it because it's two good things there. Yeah. Um, and, and how I said that you got to have the good before the rich. I mean, ironically, fell right in line with exactly the mindset that you have. You may have that mindset because you wrote that damn name so much. It just <laughs> subliminally came into you, you That's know? Right. So, good hey, loyal listeners, it. loyal listeners, thank you very much. You know what I do because I do it for you. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas, and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Jason Cass. I am out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. 
really. We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? CAS certified.